Then, as you can see on the big screen in front of you, we have the man all the way down in sunny, warm, hot Florida, Mr. Oriskany Jim. How are you, sir? It's getting there. Uh, it's, it's a good, like, 80, 85 already. It's only 10 in the morning, so. <laughs> Dodging yeah, coach. buddy. So, uh, I, I have a feeling it might be an interesting summer down there. They already had a tropical depression out in the Gulf, and, that, you know, that hasn't happened in, you know, centuries. So, and then over in Illinois, live from the convention floor is Chris. Good covering... morning, everyone. How are you, Chris? Doing good. Excellent. So, we are going to be coming to you live from today's convention, which is Little Wars in Lyle, Illinois. Jim's going to be talking about all the big projects he's working on for some important dates in history. And I will be catching you up on just some current events and other things. So get ready in three, two, one. Big Duke, six Eagle Thrust. Put on Sidewar up. Make it loud. And the Romeo Fox. Shall we dance? You are listening to the Citrep Podcast, your source for everything related to historical wargaming. Whether you are looking for the latest wargaming news, reviews, painting tutorials, or playthroughs, you will hear about it right here. So grab your favorite beverage or brush and let's hit it. All right. Sorry about that. A little glitch there. The little trigger button wasn't working very well. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome, welcome. So here we are in big convention time. Uh, we just had Adepticon a few weeks back. Now Chris is at Little Wars with Marty, who will join us later in the day. And then um, Salute is actually happening. Well, it happened last weekend. So they had Salute last Saturday um in, in london and then upcoming we have origins i believe in june in ohio and then historicon in july and then gen con in the end of july beginning of august uh so it's already it's a, a smaller, busy time it's a smaller convention but recon down here in, in uh, orlando Florida. Oh, yeah, that's right. as we speak as, as we speak that is right so uh yeah, hopefully next year we can pick up some coverage of some of the other ones, and then we can actually get the team together. Different ones we'll have to map out uh, uh, itinerary for next year. But let's get started with some quick catch-up. Chris, why don't you start us off? Because you always got so much going on. Um, nothing, as as I mentioned on the last podcast. Um, yeah. I'm not hobbying right now because I'm getting ready to move yeah. as you are very well aware of <laughs> but yeah, instead of well prepping of. for it instead of prepping for the move right now i'm covering a convention for you thank you i appreciate so, it um no it's other than that everything's good trying to want to get the trying to get the ideas of how the new house is going to be set up in the new studio and everything Nice. Excellent yeah. day. All right. Mr. Jim, sir, you 
are kind of like the kit bashing god. Uh, I saw what you were doing with that armor the other night. Right. Out of what was that? Paper, cardboard, just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little spitball um, in. Yeah, uh, there's a little bit of wood in that. There's some poster board, paper, I mean, uh, little bits off a of plastic broom bristle, off a of dustpan bristle for the radio antenna, stuff out of the kit box, paper clips, and um, needed eraser, and finally uh, a couple of toothpicks for the actual guns. Yeah. It all looks that, fine. That looks pretty impressive. It. Oh, it's, yeah, it looks really good. It's, I appreciate it. It's as accurate as a $3 bill, um, but it'll it'll get the point across uh, for yeah. tomorrow's game and for the videos that come out for that. Uh, meanwhile, I've got a real one uh, based on the correct, um, Mar I'm sorry, Leopard 1 chassis uh, on the way. So Nice. Well, very Curtis. good, MacGyver. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> so what else you got going? I mean, you've been doing some really good 15-millimeter uh, goodness. Um so why don't you run us through, you know, a quick synopsis of what you've had on the table and what's coming up for you. Oh, I know you got okay. some big projects you're working on. I'll start with what's, what's happened recently. So, yeah, people watch us on the show. Um, my friend uh, Mark Ritchie and I at the uh, South Florida Mentors Gaming Club are, we sort of got that club um, almost on like a left hand, right hand. Uh, there are some other people that run games there too, but he and I run a game there at least once a month and, and we just kind of trade off. Uh, he does a lot of World War II, and uh, I do a lot of modern stuff, although I do some World War II. He's done some Vietnam. So we've done some mm -hmm. Vietnam um, on his tables. There is uh, some uh, San Vith coming out from the uh, Battle of the Bulge. There's some Barbarossa coming out from 1941. Uh, meanwhile, I've been doing some Arab-Israeli wars in uh, Seven Days to the River Rhine, and tomorrow we are going to run some... Um, how we're going to brand it is if this thing that's going on in the Ukraine, everyone's worried about if it expands to other countries. Yeah, it expands to another country, it expands to Lithuania, uh, the Baltic states. Um, but, uh, Lithuania is a NATO country, so Article 5 gets uh, kicked off, and Bundeswehr Germans are among the responding NATO units. It's an excuse to put my Bundeswehr up against my Russians in 15 millimeter and not do the same old, oh, they're invading West Germany for the 17 yeah. And, you know, um, and also we're not directly stepping on the Ukraine conflict. So we're, we're kind of, you know, adjacent to it that way, you know, we can cross uh, promote it on other platforms where they're saying, Hey, look, stay away from Ukraine for now because of sensitivity reasons. So we'll nice. see. It. Interesting. And I, that's just one of the awesome parts about war gaming. You get to do these, what ifs and, you know, and just throw everything on the table and, Based upon you know we've current situations, this, or... we've done this basic scenario with uh, Dylan in Panzer Leader, modern Panzer Leader, uh -huh. twenty twenty five expansion. We're going to do it in actual miniature this time. We use the Germans That's instead awesome. of the Poles, but basically the same idea. Wait a minute! It is our buddy from over there in Poland. Hello, Piotr. How are you today, sir? So, um, yeah, that's really cool. Jim, I know you have sort of like a confined space. Where do you put all your stuff? Um, everything is built to where it breaks down or fits inside yeah. each other. Um, my 20 millimeter Ukrainian church uh, has about 17 pieces to it and they all fit inside the first main. So it breaks down from like 22 inches high and 18 inches wide uh, into one box that's basically 12 by 12. Uh, you got to kind of design it that way, build it that way. And um just buy bigger plastic tokens and just stack them higher. 
Yeah. <laughs> some, of, some of it's not that scientific. Yeah. Sorry, Jen. You don't get your dining room anymore. I got to store stuff. Uh, all right. So you got some big projects here. We've got in the works. You want to kind of give us a rundown of what you got coming up? Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, what, you what about you, Bill? What was your, what have you been hobbying? Oh, um, well, I have been working on the Huey. Uh, that video will be coming out shortly. Um, we have ordered some new furniture to start setting up the game room studio. Um, I'm looking at uh, possibly a new camera to for the studio, so we'll get that set up. I've been doing a lot of just graphics and assets um, and stuff in the background. Um, I'm trying to up our production value on some of the things like today's uh, I put a new intro together I rendered a new one and uh, I, I really would like to share this let's see if I can um, listening to Jim bragging drinking a lot of so basically you haven't been painting anything um, have I been painting anything? no but I have another um, I, I, buy I, or I not just... to buy hold on a minute <laughs> another buyer not to buy video that's going to be coming out on if you guys have any hobbying uh facebook you know when you're on your facebook you get these ads for hey damon uh for uh what is that company called um monument hobbies and they have that portable workstation paint bag thing i picked one up so i'll be doing a video review with that again under our series to buy or not to buy so i spend my money so you don't have to if it doesn't turn out to be a good buy. Um, no, have I painted anything? Not yet. Graphic design, production design, that does count as hobby. Thank you, Jim. No, it does. I mean, as much as time as it takes. And, and just okay. as I mean, the, the amount of counters and maps I've had to draw for Panzer Leader, that, that shit's hobby. Right. Oh, well, yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> but this is all about, you know, Bill thinks that the only thing that I, you know, can do is paint and I can't paint. Well, we know you can't paint. So, ah, ah. anyway, um, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the background. Um, yes, you know, there is. So, yeah. Um, other than that, uh, Jim, I'm sorry, you have some big projects here coming up. Um, so, why don't you um, fill us in, sir? What we tend to do uh, here on the Sit Row Podcast, I mean, we pretty much do whatever we want, uh, as long as it has something to do with military history. About 50% of that, you guys know this, is uh, you know post-1945, but certainly not all of it. So when we have a lack of uh, anything other to go by, we go by you know our anniversaries. So it's been kind mm -hmm. of slow lately. The last big anniversary that we had, going by decades i mean you can always find oh it's the 719th anniversary of some you know whatever but if you go by 80 30 75 you know the nice round numbers we're marching through all the 80th anniversaries of world war ii and of course we did um you know stalingrad was the last big one officially ends three uh february didn't want right. to do stalingrad again because i spent all of 2021 in stalingrad with um yobo war games matrix and all that stuff like that so what we did instead was look we're going to do um the end of North Africa. So we did El Guitar correctly, not the way it's done in the movie. Uh, we did El Guitar and Panzer Leader. And then it's been kind of slow because World War II kind of hits a bit of a dip in uh, April, May, maybe a little bit of June. And then in 43, uh -huh. holy balls, it kicks off again in a huge way. So again, me and some of the guys at the club, we've been, we're literally having a meeting 
Uh, we've been doing it in Discord so far. We're going to do it face-to-face tomorrow where we literally chart out the rest of the year and we plot out a lot of stuff that's coming. So to get more directly to your uh, to, to answer your question, um, we're gearing up for 80th anniversary of Kursk, literally the largest battle that has ever been in human history, full stop. Um, that kicks off July 5th. We want to have a bunch of material ready before that. So we really got to start planning now, produce the content in May and June to have it ready to roll out through uh, July. And this might interest you, Bill, if you want to set some time aside, it's up to you. Um, The other thing that kicks off that's huge in July, 80th anniversary, so in other words, July of 1943, is uh, Sicily, Operation Husky. Uh, The Allies invade Sicily. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, my friend Mark is saving up. He's been building for the better part of a year uh, a Red Devils um, British Airborne Army because he wants to have our friend John Sauer be involved in that. So he's going to put some airborne. He's going to put British Red Devils up against Herman Goering Division. Uh, I'm thinking about trying out Paraleader. Paraleader is um, Panzer Leader, but with Airborne. And, of course, 82nd Airborne landed in uh, Sicily in 43. Yes, sir. So I'm thinking about doing um, some of that. And um, that's going to get us through July, although that's going to be like two months worth of content right there. July goes into August. Okay, you got the fall of Kharkov. Um, in September, you've got the, the liberation of Kiev. And then um, October, boom, October of 73, the 50th anniversary of Yom Kippur. So we're in the middle of doing some Yom Kippur content now. We're going to lay it aside for about six months, and then October we're going to come back. We're going to hit it very, very hard. The other big thing that's coming in October, 30th anniversary, October of 93, Gothic Serpent Battle of Mogadishu. Um, we're going to hit Mogadishu very hard again. In nice. October. Yeah. Yeah. Blunders right into November of 43, 80th anniversary of Tarawa. So we pretty much have – the schedule until the almost the end of the year um we might take yeah. December off just out of freaking exhaustion because there's <laughs> there's gonna be like 20 games and 20 games right and 30 videos uh between now and the end of november it's it's gonna be a mess yeah. yeah that is a lot of stuff and we're at an, an important um date in history I, jim and i've been talking can't remember the exact date but about this time in 1945 uh was when hitler was surrounded locked in his bunker and decided to end it all which began the final few days of the european theater of world war ii uh as the russians were crashing down in the gates that's when you gotta sit there at the map and you gotta take your glasses off like all shaky like this Uh, yeah everyone out of the room except for these four men everyone's seen those parents So, um, have you ever done a Battle of Berlin game? Um, like actually, like those final days? I've done just outside Berlin. So, okay. uh, as the Soviets are closing in from several directions, you got Rokozovsky and 30 Ukrainian Front coming in from the Northeast. You've got Konev and Zhukov in their big race because, of course, Stalin is going to put his generals at each other's throats. Uh, There's a lot of friendly fire in Berlin between Soviet armies, and it's not accidental. They're intentionally shooting and killing each other because there's all this, you know, build up to whoever's going to reach the Reichstag first. And, you know, so so I've never actually done in Berlin. 
Um, but as those spearheads are all closing in, that last German pocket, this is actually in the downfall movie where he says, you know, Venk uh, and 12th Army is going to come, the 9th Army is going to come, Steiner and the 9th Army. There's all these armies that are going to break in and supposedly save them out. There's a lot of action outside Berlin and definitely yeah. done a lot of that. Um, the Huba pocket, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, is particularly what I've done. This is where you've got Germans. Okay, they're pretty much surrounded by that point. Rather than attack uh -huh. eastward towards the Soviets, they, well, they're in a pocket, so no matter which way they attack, they're going to be attacking the Soviets. But the main objective is to attack westward, break through the Soviet encirclement just so they can surrender to the Americans. Because by that point, it was, well, you know, pick your poison. I'd much rather spend six months in an American prisoner of war camp where I eat better than most American soldiers than go to a right. gulag. And, you know, that's the survival rate out of the Soviet gulags for the German servicemen was literally like 4%. And they didn't come back. Just the ones that did that four percent that did come back didn't come back till sometimes nineteen fifty five. So it was um, they they saw the writing on the wall. They knew what had happened in Russia, Belarus, Ukraine, and they were like, "We're not surrendering to those people. They're not, they're not going to cut us too much of a uh, too much slack. We want to break out of this pocket and and uh, surrender in the West." Lots of that going yeah. on. So yeah, we've done that in the streets of Stalingrad. It's interesting because the Germans. Contrary to popular belief, most of the people defending Berlin in those last days weren't Germans. Um, a lot of French, a lot of Belgians. Uh, we're talking about, I think it's 13th SS Charlemagne Division. These are guys that came from other occupied countries that took the deal when the Germans came in, surrendered, and actually joined the Waffen-SS. They're not going to go home. So they're you know in for a penny, in for a pound. Uh, they know that even if they do manage to make it home, their own people are going to string them up. Um, so ironically, some of the last most bitter, diehard, fanatical defenders um, of Hitler in those last couple of days weren't even Germans. Really? I had no idea on that one. Same here. Sh wow. Charlemagne, and there's a couple others. Um, th that's the famous one, but there's a few others. A lot of people from these other, like the, the Waffen-SS included nations from all over Europe. Uh, most of Europe yeah. forget about this. But uh, Dutch, Norwegians, Finns, uh, you name it, there were people there. Yeah. Wow, that's just crazy to think about. So, uh, Grimbeard Gaming said, Celo Heights for tank action. Yep, Celo um, Heights. Yep. Yeah. So, Celo Heights is a, a, a low ridge of high ground just to the east of Berlin, uh, running along the Oder River. I think it's on the, well, I'm going to fail this. It's along the bank of the Oder River. I'm not going to say which one because I don't remember. Um, but that was the last big natural obstacle. And that was uh, Shukov's first Ukrainian front, uh, sort of trying to break through. Number one, across the Oder River, and then that, those Salo uh, Heights. And uh, it was <laughs> – that was when he launched his attack in the pre-dawn hours, and he threw so much artillery at the Germans, then he turned on all these searchlights, these, like, thousands and thousands of these gigantic anti-aircraft searchlights. And the idea was, number one, the artillery is going to stun the hell out of these Germans, and then these searchlights are going to blind them and – because they're kind of shining over the shoulder of their troops. Uh -huh. Problem is, all the artillery threw up all this dust and smoke, and then the searchlights were going straight into the dust and smoke, and nobody could see a damn thing. And uh, <laughs> the attack did not go well. It was a, it was an idea that sounded good on paper, not so much in practice. Yeah. Um, so I just realized that next January 2024, since we're talking about future projects, will be the 145th anniversary of your script in this line. Right so guess what we're doing again? Woohoo! Nice. 
Hmm. You excited, Chris? You seem very yes. excited by that. Oh, I am. <laughs> I am going to order the Wolfun uh, miniatures for uh, that. Okay. So We've got them um, right here. What? They're not selling them there, are they? Oh, no, it, they're uh, not selling them. It, yeah. The Gettysburg? Yep. Okay, you guys will get coverage of Gettysburg today, right? Yep. Or at least throw some pictures up on Facebook, and then when Marty arrives after uh, teaching today, then you all get uh, Chris just sitting there totally in face. <laughs> I am uh, just sitting here learning stuff. Yeah, I, was gonna yeah. Say, I, I, I might have put him to sleep with... Uh... No, 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 it was fascinating. A lot of stuff but, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean... You know, if, if we have a couple claims to fame, um, Jim's reiterations of Panzer Leader, Panzer Blitz, Israeli Wars, it's kind of one of our, you know, claims to fame. Um, he also wrote an expansion for a certain game, Valor and Victory. Um, and that's published uh, on the video game side. And then our Mogadishu games, 13 days to 13 hours, the transit game, the miniatures game. Um, I think that, you know, it, I'd like to see us get into some more of those projects, but I, I'll be looking forward to that uh, as well. And then, yeah. of course, Rorkstra, you know. That and uh, the that. only other thing that's happened uh, was Marty falling off the stage. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was, was like the highlight. Place. That was about the highlight of the year right there. <laughs> Everybody requests that. I mean, it happened like two seconds. It was funny, but you know, but for some reason, it's just melted into the minds of everyone. So yeah, I, I but, think yeah. a lot of those uh, hits are his yeah. daughter because she's got it. You no, know, uh, yeah, she shows everybody and has it yeah. saved. Yeah, and my dad's a my dad's on a podcast. See, <laughs> that's not the so kind of Chris. stuff that you can like request and do again, though. That's like it's got to be spontaneous. It's got to be accidental, right? Yeah, yeah. so what we'll, we'll have to do. We'll, we'll have to tie something to like a chair and then just yank it out from underneath of them without them knowing. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, why yeah. don't you give us a little um, overview of what's going on behind you? You know, you don't don't change the camera, but just yeah. kind of, you know, like give us the rundown of what you it, see around it, you right now. It is it is uh, crazy. Or it is. I thought yesterday was a lot of people and it's much bigger. Uh, it's gotten big enough to where next year they're going to be in Lombard, um, and a bigger facility. Really? Already? Yeah. Yep. Um, so we've got uh, Gettysburg over here to my left. We've got there's a couple boards over on that side that I, I swear they they're they must have got a deal on the uh, a terrain because you know uh, they've got about an acre <laughs> for some of the boards <laughs> over there. Um, there's um, Assault at Do you know Khartoum. what's on the boards? What they're playing well, or over? Uh, no, I don't right now. Uh, it was that was a ship game. Uh, there's a, a something of Khartoum, assault mm -hmm. on Khartoum. Uh, that's okay. about the same size, but it's it's on three rows of tables. Um, wow. It's huge. Um, and then just there's demos and everything going on. Uh, this room is packed. And it's packed enough to where uh, Mantic and some of the other uh, uh, people that are doing demos, they're actually doing them out in the halls. Wow. That's crazy. Yep. So make sure you say hello to the guys over at Mantic for us. Will do. So, um, 
Yeah. So in another interesting twist, uh, they started adding non-historical games there as well, right, Chris? Well, um, Mantic, there's uh, they've got Armada, Armada right? and King of Kings of War. Is it Kings of War? Or Kings of God? God Kings of, of War. War. Okay, Kings, Kings of, of War. War. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of those is they've got going on today. One they have going on tomorrow. Well, when I say today, nice. it's, um, it's uh, from nine to two today. Uh-huh. So it's a big, and huge twenty thousand sh- point versus twenty thousand point. Wow! And make sure you guys cover Circus Maximus. I saw a picture of the of the circus, and that's always how I wanted. I envisioned my version of it. You know, when we did it at um, the former Draxer Games, when we had the uh, game board blown up and printed on vinyl. I think it was. 12 feet long, um, so we could play in 28 millimeter uh, miniatures. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know what Circus Maximus is, it is a classic, classic Avalon Hill game from back in the day. It was chariot racing in the circus. And that one goes back even further than Panzer Leader. That goes back to the 60s, I think. <laughs> and it's so much fun because not only are you just racing, you're slashing each other, you're crashing each other, you're whipping each other, you're running over people. I mean, it's just a great time. If you've ever seen any of the Gladiator uh, Roman m- movies where they have chariot racing, it's just like that. There's nothing better than a bunch of friends getting together and trying to run each other over and slash horses and, you know, in good fun in the Roman Empire. So the original Mad Max. Yeah, for those of yeah. us down here in South Florida, my, my friends, it's like it's like I five ninety five on a right. Friday afternoon, right. just, just you know, without the insurance yeah. claims. Right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, please get a, uh, some coverage on that. It is oh, always absolutely. a good game. You know, and the nice thing about that that is a game people who aren't into historical games will play. I.e., Don. Don loves playing Circus Maximus, uh, but she doesn't care for historical games. But she really likes that game. So. Oh, you just didn't tell her it was historical? No, oh, she knows. But the <laughs> nice thing is we've been to Rome, so we've been to the circus. So you can kind of, you know, now obviously the circus nowadays doesn't look anything like it did then. But you, you're you standing there looking. I'm standing where they ran chariots. It's it's kind of, you know, amazing. So yeah. If you get low enough in your command scale, you can sort of get to where it almost starts to blur into an RPG. Uh, Jan yeah. and I have done um, our Gladiator Blood and Sand game. Uh, we've adapted uh, the Sitrep Skirmish system to everything from Miami Vice 18. We did Aliens. You, you didn't, you know, we got, we had lots of people there that weren't really into historical gaming. So, yeah. Miami yeah, Vice Miami is not Vice historical. Oh my God, that was so much fun. That was <laughs> so much fun. Miami Vice is not historical. Yes, it is. It truly is. It was the cocaine cowboy wars of the 1980s. And it truly is historical because it set the precedent for quality of television back in the day. Not only because it used current music, but the way they filmed it. Because it was actually filmed on film. It was not done on video. They actually recorded each episode. It was done in film. That's why it looks the way it does. So, yeah, it, it it created a genre. So it is actually historical, Chris. That was that was, oh, that okay. was uh, Michael Mann, right? Was the producer? Or the yeah, producer Michael Mann. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, on a more serious note, I mean, if you look at the actual like the cocaine cowboy wars of the eighties, uh, the murder rate in Miami um, outstrips the fatality rate in the last 
dozen years of Afghanistan, the troubles, yeah. Iraq. I mean, it was it was a friggin' war. Um, if you lived down here at the time, I, I was just moving in here. I was only like fourteen or fifteen, but you didn't go down to Miami. We were up in like you know Broward County, then further north in Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. You did not go to Miami. It was like a, a, every day you look south, you half expecting to see like this big smoke column coming out of the south. Uh, it was it was rough in those days. Mogadishu, uh, a little some parts. Yeah, it's calmed down a lot now, but back in the day, it was it was crazy. They they didn't set it in Miami by accident. Yeah. Hey, Chris, have you seen John yet? John Russell. Yeah, we saw him yesterday. Uh, they've got okay. a new product. Uh, we'll have them talk about. Pretty slick. Uh, so. Why don't we see if we can schedule some time with him to do a live stream? You know, we'll do it through here and we'll have okay. you guys sit down and we'll do a live stream. All right. Okay. Uh, you can use Marty's mic probably, or unless you have a second set of headphones. No, uh, I brought the camera. Okay. So we have the wireless mic and everything now. Okay. If we can do it through restream, that'd be awesome. And that way we can do an interactive. We'll just have to pick a time and we'll promote it. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you have a few vendors there, right? Uh, Mantic yes. is there. Warlord is there. Yep. I don't think Battlefront's there this year, which is a shame. I don't know. They may be because Gamma I think is going on as well. So um, okay. Or it was. It ended yesterday. I, I don't think they go through the weekend for Gamma. It's a it's you know because it's all business related. Yep. Um, uh, new vendor yeah. was here yesterday. Uh, we actually got a video of that. Uh, you'll be putting up later. Yep. Enemy uh, spotted studios. Yep. Uh, it looks really cool. Um, make sure you see Julio at Julio's Wood Shop. We know where he's supposed to be. I don't know if he was here yesterday. I don't. He probably only come for today and tomorrow. Okay. Um, okay. He's directly across from uh, uh, Doug Darth, who's doing the paintings uh, mm-hmm. that are for the uh, raffle here. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, beautiful picture. Uh, a day on the beach. Jim, you probably uh, like the picture as well. Uh, let me see if I can. Is that the DD one, right? Yeah. Let me see if I can share that with us real quick. Okay. Uh, Dirth Co. Here we are. Portfolio. <laughs> do, 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 do. Someone. Yep. Yeah, they also have a nice, beautiful works drift. Yeah. Let me see. I'll go into the shop. Yeah, we tried to get a be. video of the works drift yesterday, but the audio was uh, unusable. No problem. Here we go. I'm gonna share the screen for everybody so we can see. There it is. Oh, okay. And coming out really small. What's that? It's coming out pretty small. Yeah. So that is okay. Cool. And then, of course, it's a beautiful print. Yeah. Oh my god, they got the final redoubt. Oh, oh, that's the one that's over there. Yeah, look it's at that, that one. So take a look at the details on it, then you can find out all the questions yeah. you were asking me earlier. Uh digital painting printed on 20 by 30 canvas. Uh 
Well, let's see. 200. It's 200. Yep. Okay. Not bad. Uh, Thursday stand. Colonel Thursday. There's John Wayne right there. That's Henry Fonda. That's from uh, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. From the movie. Or is it She Wore a Yellow Ribbon or Ford of Pat? I can't remember now. But yeah, that's really that's really cool. Yeah. All of all of his stuff is beautifully painted. He's got a lot of uh nice warplanes and stuff like that. Uh his cards have from a, the Higgins boat. Um on one side is his information on the back side. He has like thirteen different uh ones, so you have to pick one. Yeah. Interesting. All right, let me stop sharing. Yeah, so interesting. All right. So other than that, uh, anything that you've seen, Chris, so far that like really just wowed you? Yeah, um, in country, um, and yeah. you're going to see that video. the The models are stunning. I can't. I have never believed that metal would look as good or better than resin. Really. And these do. They're they're amazing. Hmm. Even uh, compared them to uh, the style cast, and the metal mm -hmm. came came out cleaner. Interesting. Right. All right. Let's for some for me, metal comes out as metal comes out as sharp as resin. It's just metal. You have to clean it, and sometimes in cleaning, yeah. it tend to, to do some damage. So, yeah, I, I have never been a fan of metal miniatures, uh, multi-piece miniatures. Let me put it that way. Yes. Uh, because of, you have to pin them because just glue them, they fall apart. You know, it doesn't hold. So you end up having to pin them. It's a pain in the arse where you can do plastics or resins and it comes out much better. All right. We're going to show you some uh, pictures and some updates from our Facebook page. And speaking of cartoon. They have posted some because Cigar Battle Mats is there, it looks like. So let me share the screen for everybody. Do, 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 boo, boo. And I will enlarge this, but look at that. Nice fortification. So yep, that's the three tables you're talking about, right? Yep. And they're uh, 54 mil. 54 <laughs> mil? Yeah. Look at that. So that one, I saw it. And I walked by. I'm like, "Oh, great! Now I'm gonna go have to go home and watch uh, um, the Mummy." Is that nah? That's what that reminds. Is that me what of. it reminds you of? Yeah. Fifty-four mil is two inches tall. That's like plastic army man size. Those right? gonna be huge miniatures. Yeah, they are. Look at that. That was really cool. Cartoon. It, that's all right. So. Don't shoot me. Southern Southern Egypt. Okay. I think Southern Egypt or Sudan. That's all the, the colonial wars in the 1880s. You know who's going to yeah. know about that? Dylan LSR 2590. Well, where is he? Dylan, where are you? Help us. Egypt right. cartoon. So yeah, 1884 to. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out yeah. where it was because I just said it was Egypt. And I think it might be Sudan. Um, I, I, I don't hold up the show. 
I'm just trying to correct myself before. Well, you know, uh, that boundary is uh, under question now, right? This is also true. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Well, here is another chariot racing game. I can tell those are chariots there. And yes, so I don't know if that's a another version of uh, Circus Maximus, but there is that one. Um, Baron's War, if you're into that era. Andy's posted up some, he's been very prolific lately. So, uh, Andy Hobday. But yeah, if that's your jam, there you go. You got some more minis. And I'm not, I have not heard of this company, Oshiro Model Terrain. Uh, some Arabic shrines, Kickstarter. So, looks all right. You know, if you're looking for some different terrain to put up, uh, I don't know if this is an actual STL or actual terrain itself. So, um, let's see what else we got. That's Black Powder Red Earth has been pretty productive lately, they've been throwing up all kinds of stuff. So, Black Powder Red Earth, for those who don't know, started out as a graphic novel, uh, and turned into a game. So, and that's some of their images from their minis and things like that so rubicon models is always doing some things now they're doing some m3 lee's grant tank uh so you got different um military so there's americans the brits indians and soviets so for their cupolas the tank commanders which is pretty they, cool. uh, uh the soviets called when we sent them the grant for uh, uh -huh. lend lease their name for the tank was a grave for seven brothers. Oh, really? They did not like it. They still used it, but uh, world tanks in World War II were almost like in different leagues. Like a tank that was very good in the Pacific wouldn't cut yeah. it in North Africa, and a cut that was okay in North Africa, like the Grant, would not cut it in uh, in, in in the East. So yeah. yeah. So the Grant has a pretty good reputation, or I should say, the Lee and the Grant. Those are two different tanks. Um, hence the different turrets that they have on offer here. Um, not bad, especially when it first came out. The British were like, oh my God, a 75 millimeter gun on a tank that actually starts when you hit the punch key. I can't believe this. <laughs> this is insane. Um, they loved it. And the Germans were like, what the hell is this thing? You know, but yeah. then you can send that same tank over to Russia and the Russians are like, oh my God. All right. Who lost the bet? Um, you know, <laughs> Yuri and Ivan, you get in the T-34, um, you know, Greg, you, the rest of you guys get in the friggin' Gray for Seven Brothers, and sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, classic their, company Vitrix is producing some late Roman cavalry, so if you're looking for some, for that time period, they have some pretty decent stuff. Uh, let's see. Battle Systems got some fantasy stuff. Um, Highlander, what they're remaking Highlander, yeah. Henry uh Clavel is uh gonna be one of them. I am Connor McLeod of really? the Clan McLeod. <laughs> no. All right, I like him, so I'll give him a chance, right? Yep. I'll give him a chance. Catherine Janeway, we can't just scroll right so by who... Star Trek. Come on now. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, it's a history show. Oh, sorry. It's a history show. It's a history yeah. show. I'm just Did you see the Picard finale, Jim? Have you been watching that at all? I haven't seen the finale. I'm I'm like episode six right now. What a great season of that show! And yeah, the, I agree. The, it's 
I think they hit all the right buttons. It's a shame they waited three seasons to actually be good, but they finally turned it around. There's a whole story behind that. Um, Yeah. Alex Kurtzman. And and yeah, there's a whole story. Now I haven't seen any of those. uh, The Picard series never really interested me, but I might watch it. Yeah. But very, very, very related is uh, the other night I watched uh, uh, Galaxy Quest. There you go. The greatest yeah. Star Trek movie that's not actually a Star Trek movie. Yep. Exactly. That's why, you know, the, the ship in uh, Galaxy Quest, it's NTE something. Yeah, you know what the NTE Enterprise. stands for? Yeah, not, not the Enterprise. I think they are going to be making that into a series. I don't know how. They've been uh, saying Galaxy that Quest, for a yeah. while. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, it's, like, it's one of those memes that goes around every April 1st. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Firefly's coming back. They're finally going to do it. Everyone's like, gets excited. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, It's going to be really tough because, you know, rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it without him. But other other than that, they're good. Yeah, by Grabthar's hammer. There you go. What a savings. (laughs) So let's see what else we got. Uh, Is that some some Tarawa right there? World in Flames. Yeah, World in Flames bolt action event kicking off today. Um, some more Baron's Wars guys being painted. Legendary director mini. I'm not sure why there's a director mini, but okay. Um, and if you're into your, you know, I'm trying to think what time period that would be. What 1600s? That, that 1700s. ship's pretty tall. Yeah. So that's an MDF from uh, Sarissa Precision. They really stepped up their game, I have to yep. say. Um, let's see. I did see an announcement from Spectre Miniatures. They te- um, previewed a couple things from their new rule set, version 3. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what else. Boy, we're getting a lot of fantasy stuff on here all of a sudden. Uh, Battlefront, they got some more of their stuff coming out. Uh, Panzer twos. Uh, it's kind of too small. Those might not even be German. I don't know they're German tanks. They're, they're, yeah, they're so really too small. Although it's showing its age, that says Panzer two is still kicking around in forty five. That must be the Lynx upgrade. Yeah, look look at the size of the wheels. It's got to be the uh-huh. Lynx. It's technically a Mark two, but not really. It's one of those things that's been upgraded so heavily it's barely the same vehicle. Gotcha. But yeah, it's technically a Mark two. Yeah. All right. You know, this is a game I really want to try. Undaunted. Um, I really have to get my hands on one of those. It's a card-based war game. Um, so it'd be interesting to do a little bit of coverage on that in the near future. I'm trying to find, yeah, Armada from Mantic, which is a fantasy version of, what was that game from Warhammer? Gothic Fleet or something like that. Um, if you have, need any historical reference material, Osprey Publishing has a pretty good selection. A lot of it is more, what would you say, Jim? Covers the basics. It doesn't get into heavy into meat and details. I, I would so, almost, well, I guess it depends on, because they have a bunch of series. It depends on yeah. the series from Osprey. I was going to say the Ospreys that are kind of famous are almost the opposite. Like there'll be, here's a book that Osprey produces that is Kursk, 48th Panzer Corps, the first seven days on the Southern Front. 
I mean, you, you kind of have to know what you're looking for. And then you get like these really small books that are hyper-focused and their, yeah. their detail gets, gets pretty good. Um, but again, then they also have like these more, uh, these larger, like more umbrella resource books that might be more like what you're talking about. But the Ospreys that I have are, it's almost the opposite problem. You have to kind of already know the, like, Oh, I'm interested in gaming the American revolution. I'm going to go buy some Osprey books. Well, hold on there, son. You're going to have to figure out like what part of the revolution, who you're interested in, what campaign, Northern front, central front, uh, down in the South. You're going to have to, because the books are relatively small. They're basically like large magazines and they're yeah. super focused on a very, very uh, specific topic. Yeah. At least the ones I'm talking um, about. This diorama here is freaking amazing. Looks like British this tanks. Is what I, British tanks in northern Germany. Or northern, um, northern Europe uh, I'm gonna say Italy. Oh, they're definitely British. Oh yeah, they, they're British in Italy too. Cool. Yeah. Clearly. I'm assuming that's Italy. Uh, it's Sicily. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're getting ready. This for is the what I would me. love to do as a project. In Sicily, or a diorama, well, in just a diorama. Yeah. Speaking of, let me. Uh, I think that's pretty much all there's. So, Don and I were talking about uh, doing a travel, doing some traveling overseas. So, you know, she her idea is she wants to spend a couple of weeks traveling Europe, uh, going to the different Chris Kindle markets, you know, Christmas markets at that time of year because you know she's very big into Christmas. No. I said, you know, honey. Really? Yes. Really. I said, you know, in South Africa, in January, it's summer. And there's this really nice resort that has beautiful rooms and overlooks the savanna. And you can see wild animals. And she's just looking at me with that look she gives me. And I said, and you actually can look out your balcony and see Rourke's Drift. It doesn't sound like a Chris Kindle market. And she's just shaking her head at me. I'm like, what? It's a beautiful place. We've never been to South Africa. Oh, uh, you know what? You you better go before the uh continent splits in two. What's that? I said you gotta go before the continent splits in two. Yeah, right. So yeah, she she wasn't keen on that idea. Yep. I thought it'd been pretty cool. Chris Kindle Mart. At Rourke's Drift. Right? I'm just saying. Well, I mean, when I wanted to go to Normandy, I was like, Jen, do you want to go to France if I pay, you know, give you a free ride? She's like, okay. I'm like, all right. Then I gave her the itinerary. She's like, where's the Eiffel Tower? Where's Monet's house? I'm like, here's another German bumper. Look at all this broken up concrete. Look at all this concrete. Let's go to another graveyard. You know, yeah. so oh, like, look. Is... Point to hack. Yeah. Point to hack is amazing. Oh my God! But we did it's go to Monet's house. Isn't... We did go to Monet's house, so she didn't walk away completely empty-handed. Um, yeah. For Christmas of 2024, we are starting the initial planning of uh, a meetup. Me and Jen are going to spend Christmas in Europe uh, in 2024. Hopefully, I mean it's it's still like a year and a half away. Um, yeah. Meet up hopefully with Piotr for a 80th anniversary tour of uh, the Ardennes for Battle of the Bulge. Oh, wow. So that's going to be a hell of a trip. Um, you used to say it's going to be like a year, a year and a half of planning to get that put together. Hey, hey uh, Grimbeard Gaming, uh, 
Keep that one. <laughs> there you go. Um, go. Grimbeard Gaming, if you're going to Normandy Beach, um, you're good to go on Utah Sword. Utah, hold on, let me read us. Uh, uh, Utah, Juno, and Gold. Before you go to Gold or Omaha, like the famous ones, um, you got to pay very close attention to the tides. If you go to Omaha Beach at the wrong tide, there's literally no beach there. The water comes up to the seawall, and there's literally no sand. It's the highway, a concrete wall, and that's it. And then you go wow. there six hours later, and holy, I mean, I live like three miles that way is the water. Um, I literally live on the water. And I've never seen tides like this. That tide, you go there six hours later at Omaha, and the beach is like a mile and a half, maybe not a mile and a half, like half a mile wide. Um, so you get a really good idea about, you know, how critical the timing was. And we had to be there at the right tide because it's either you have no beach at all to land on, or you're walking through half a mile of German mortar and machine gun fire. You're going to yeah. put a division of troops on that beach. You have to get there at exactly the right time. And that's true if you're going to go visit there. So if you're going to Normandy Beach and you haven't been there before, specifically Gold Beach and Omaha Beach because of the way the beach is actually shaped, um, yeah, be careful of the tides. If it's not cool when you get there, go there three hours later and you'll find a completely different setting. Yeah, I, it's amazing how much uh, the military had to put into consideration for doing, you know, an invasion. So, everything. Um, yeah, tides, waves, wind, whatnot. So, the, amount of time, wow. the, amount, the amount of planning they put into D-Day versus the complete lack of planning for D plus one, which is why we were hung up in that bocage for like six weeks. Yeah, um, yeah D-Day is like not even the Battle of Normandy. The Battle of Normandy starts like two or three days later. Um, where it's literally drags on into August. It's an absolute shit show because they put all the planning into the first day. Well, if the first day yeah. didn't work, there was not going to be a second day. This is true. Very true. All right. Well, um, I'm going to share one more thing real quick because I found it. I'm sharing the update that Spectre gave us. Um, so, Trained and untrained fighters act and react differently. Here's a teaser of two of many profiles, militia and tier one operators. Um, let me see what these mean. Movement, ballistics, awareness, and cool. I have no idea what the hell cool means. If anybody has an idea, I would love to hear it. It's cool, like coolness um, under fire, like I, I guess. Or something. Yeah, yeah. These um, are are these individual awareness? soldiers? Yeah, I mean, okay, like, that's so, like situational awareness, tactical perception. Yeah, okay, this is border, so this is borderline on 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 on. Uh, this is borderline RPG kind of stuff here. That's what it looks like. So, one of my questions is, and I, I'm not criticizing. I'm just want clarification. Militia, we all know what militia is. It's pretty much a bunch of guys with weapons that somehow are sort or loosely organized. May or may not have basic training. <clears throat> typically don't you have tier one operators who are like the best of the best of the best and you're telling me there's a two-point difference in awareness i don't yeah, know the system I, enough i don't know the system yeah enough. i know i i, 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 I asked the same i i had the same i had the same kind of questions 
on our seven days to the river Rhine card. Um, uh -huh. And it's like, well, you take this number, you roll on this size dice, but you're also subtracting this and subtracting that. And before you know it, it's a difference between a one and a two on a six sided dice, which is literally double chance. So sometimes yeah. once you try the game, what looks like a very narrow margin turns out to be pretty significant. If it's a two point difference and it's on a D six minus three or something like that, two point difference is huge. Um, if it's yeah. on a D 20, then no, two points isn't shit. So I, I don't know enough about the system, but that's right. kind of well, nobody does. Cause this is brand new rules because uh, Matt Adams, who wrote the, basically the initial set of rules, version one version two is no longer associated with specter he's on his own he's got his own game company he's doing that's asymmetrical warfare and so steve may is writing the new rules so it'll be interesting to see the contrasts and stuff like that but yeah this is much as we know these are the little hints we're getting so it'll be interesting to see so who will all right jim what's on tap for tomorrow um, I know we talked briefly about it, but let's, let's no, hype it up for you. Tomorrow on the channel, we are coming out with part two of our West Bank of the Suez Canal and 15 millimeter. Uh, part one did uh, pretty well on our YouTube channel. So thanks very much for all the support, everyone. Part two is coming out uh, tomorrow. That video is done. It's in the can. Uh, I'll just have to upload it. And then today, I'm spending uh, the rest of today getting ready for a game that we're going to be running tomorrow in 15 millimeter physical war game. Again, we're doing um, what if the current problems in Eastern Europe expand into other areas, i.e. Mm -hmm. uh, the Baltics. And um, if the Russians or maybe the Belarusians go through that uh, Kaliningrad corridor, you know, there's a part of Russia that's kind of connected to the Baltic Sea. They don't really like that there's a huge NATO country between them and one of their largest warm water ports. They decide to do something about it. There goes um, char uh, um Article 5 of the NATO Charter and uh, Bundeswehr, mm -hmm. German army units, are among the uh, those units that are responding. So we're going to have, long story short, take your first shot, we're going to have uh, mm -hmm. Germans, uh, modern Germans up against uh, modern Russians. So nice. I'm not sure when that video is going to be coming out, probably about a month, because there's a lot of other stuff in the can that's got to get edited and put together. Um, but that's the game that's going on tomorrow. And again, as far as video, it'll be probably going out... Uh, early wee hours of the morning, so probably like one of the morning here Eastern time, like right off the bat on Sunday, mm -hmm. is again, second part of that uh, West Bank Suez Canal game. So people think of the Arab-Israeli conflict, for anyone who hasn't seen part one, and you picture these open deserts, rolling dunes, and Israeli tanks just blowing away Egyptian armor from like half a mile away. And that certainly applies to a lot of uh, the uh, Arab-Israeli conflict and the Yom Kippur War in general. But what I wanted to do and that's great for arab israeli wars pains leader you know games like this right here um on a miniature table you want something more than a sand colored bed sheet on uh, your yeah. table and maybe some palm trees or whatever there's really no palm trees in the in the sinai either it really is an empty desert um but once you get operation abiri halev or operation gazelle if you prefer and they get across the suez canal the israelis do and they make that big pivot south you're now in the southern part of the west bank of the suez canal where agricultural projects, uh, palm trees, orchards, uh, pump houses, generators, uh, buildings everywhere. Uh, the Israeli soldiers at the time called it going to Vietnam because, you know, that's what they thought Vietnam looked like. But I thought it would be a much better spot to do a miniature game because there's a lot more terrain. 
makes for a much more interesting table. So again, we had part one last week. Part two comes out um, early morning tomorrow. So check it out. And I uh, hope you guys like part two as much as you apparently like part one. Awesome. All right, Chris, what you got on tap? What's your plan for today? Oh, convention time. You're going to be there by yourself for a while. What are you going to do? Yep. Well, I don't know. Maybe get a couple demos in. Uh, okay. I don't have uh, Marty's phone. Uh, my phone is the one given uh, audio issues. So I can't use that. Uh, mm -hmm. So we'll see what we can come up with. Okay. Well, you can always just take some pictures and just take some pictures and post them to Facebook. You know, just yep, throw out some stuff. All right. Excellent. So, guys, for Jim and Chris, this is Bill. We want to thank you for joining us on today's episode of the podcast. Yep. Uh, you know, today was more of an overview of up and coming events and just an overview of what's going on at little wars today with uh chris and marty the first video should be uploaded here in about 10 15 minutes um and that'll be enemy spotted studios and in country is their new game uh, so watch for that video so for everybody here we want to thank you for joining us and subscribing and being supportive to our team and we will see you if not today, not tomorrow. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. Bye-bye.